Welcome to More Than 7 Dirty Words, the official FCC podcast. I'm Evan Schwarztrauber. With the broadcast repack going on and the race to 5G, tower work is essential and demand for these services and tower crews is up. From 50-foot cell towers to 2,000-foot broadcast towers, important work needs to be done to make sure that America's communication services continue to work and improve as upgrades are made. It's really easy to take for granted when our cell phones work and our televisions work. It's not pixie dust. It's hard work, often gritty and dirty work, that gets the job done. So what efforts are underway to develop and strengthen this vital workforce, particularly when it comes to women in telecom infrastructure? Joining me to discuss this is Andy Lee of Lee Antenna and Line Service and Chairwoman of Women of Nate. Nate is the National Association of Tower Erectors. Andy, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. And also joining is Miranda Allen of Radio Frequency Safety International and also a member of the Women of Nate Committee. Miranda, thanks for joining. Thanks for having us. So I ask this of all of my guests because telecom is not the most obvious career path. Um, how did you get to where you are, if you wouldn't mind giving me your brief backstories in any order? Um, my husband uh, got into the telecom industry first as a started as a tower climber, worked his way up to crew leader, and in um, a series of unfortunate events, had a fall off of a tower within about a year and a half of being in the industry. And certain mistakes were made that day that could have been easily prevented, and we decided to uh, create our own company and do things the right way um, from beginning to end and have been focused on safety as the most important part of this industry uh, ever since 22 years later. Wow. And you? Okay, I actually grew up in the industry. Uh, My father was a ham radio operator. I became a ham operator in second grade as a science fair project. I did a Morse code oscillator. So... I've been involved in the industry I left for a while, and then I came back um, in 2005. So it wasn't ever an industry I thought I would end up in, but because I understood it and knew it, I thought, hey, it powers everything that we do. So that's how I ended up in telecom. And um, how have you guys seen the evolution of the industry when it comes to women over the years? People might not associate telecom infrastructure work as a job that women might be interested in or where there's a large representation there. So how has that evolved over time and kind of where are things now? Well, when I first started, um, there were quite a few husband and wife teams, owners, co-owners of companies, tower um, companies that that we saw out there, but the women mostly handled the administrative work. Uh, men handled the outside uh, telecommunications work. And now you're seeing within the last five years, more and more women in the industry, engineers, um, sales, administrative, uh, tower climbers, tower owners. Um, it is increasing at a rapid rate. Uh, we have such a need for uh, more employees in the industry right now. And so we are reaching out to try to get more and more women to join what's a really interesting and fast-paced uh, industry. And given the you know demand and some of the worker shortages and skills gaps, is there just a big untapped potential as you see it with huge untapped potential more than half the population yes and what are some of the challenges facing women in the telecom industry is it you know awareness is it discrimination um, education gaps combination of all three combination of all three Uh, we don't have necessarily the perfect um, setup right now for women Um, we're we're creating it as we go along 
We have women in our Women of Nate who who actually do all those. They're tower company owners. They climb. They basically do everything. They wear all the hats. And so we're creating it as we go along. So it's a really fascinating and interesting time to be able to to join this industry because you can create something from the ground floor up. And I know it's hard to get an exact percentage, but when we sure. were chatting before the show, you mentioned that there's been a particular growth over the past three to four years that maybe hasn't been seen in the decades past. Do you have a kind of sense of what percentage of the Nate workforce or just the tower workforce writ large is women now and what was it a few years ago? Sure. Even three or four years ago, you would see maybe one or two female tower climbers at our yearly conference. Um, and now you're seeing handfuls. And um, those are just the ones that are coming to the conferences. So it's becoming um, an increasing uh, numbers wise out there so we we have to develop the training it's you know when you have a mixed force out on the field which has traditionally always been male uh, now we have to create um, rules and um, facilitate uh, the different types of things that need to be met in order to have male female out on the road but that's an it's an easy fix it's something that um, is made to too big a deal out of as far as it can't be done. It certainly can be done. And having the two perspectives out in the field, I think is something that uh, is overlooked. And, and those companies that we know who who look for female tower climbers um, say uh, repeatedly um, how glad they are that they've gone this direction and um, it's added a whole new dimension to what they do. Yeah, and a lot of industries say that having a diverse set of perspectives, whether it's tower climbing or something else, certainly is borne out in their profit margins as well as their workplace uh, you know, atmosphere and all sorts of things like that. So Miranda, I know you're very focused on the recruitment aspect, um, getting young people interested. What are some of the challenges there? I mean, when you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up, right. they often say baseball player, firefighter, whatever. They don't say tower climber. Right. right. And then they get told that the only way to get a job is through a four-year liberal arts degree. So There's a lot of opportunities. And um, I'm on the Nate Member Services Committee, and I've been on that committee for several years. And it's it's something, how do we recruit members? How do we retain the members that we have? And I think that it's really important to get there first at an initial level so kids can say, what do I want to be when I grow up? I want to be a tower climber. I want to be in telecom or I want to power my cell phone. But I also think we have to get out there in other non-traditional manners, such as, you know, workforce development programs, going through the um, workforce and job center placement, different groups like that, because there's opportunity to make a very good wage in our industry. People just don't realize that we exist and they don't understand what we do. And so if we can get to people and partner with um, different groups, I think there is a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and it's uh, maybe a resources issue in the sense that you have companies and they are needing to deal with 5G. They're needing to deal with the broadcast repack. They have to recruit new members. They have to train them. And they don't necessarily have the capacity to both tackle the existing projects in front of them, but also think about future pipelines. So what sorts of partnerships are currently being struck or imagined in the future to draw on the resources of others, whether it's manufacturers of equipment or it's community colleges or it's state workforce boards? Is that part of your thinking? Yes. I, I Something that we talked about before a little bit was uh, I would really love us to see uh, going into high schools and talking to advisors uh, for students who are coming in who don't know what they want to do and maybe thinking about it two years or four years, but, but but not sure what that title might be. 
and that being on a list of possibilities, uh, you can make a very good, a very good living um, being in tower climber or being involved in this industry. There's, there's across the board uh, if they knew it was available. So getting to um, prospective employees sooner, earlier, I think is the key. And, and then also engaging the the different groups that maybe have never seen or don't even understand that it's available and p possibly people that are displaced from their current positions. We do um, Warriors and Wireless, some of those groups where uh, military transition transitioning out of active duty into uh, their civilian career and how do we engage them and what opportunities can we have to work with them. And so it's just creating that awareness, I really think, is, is where we're at. And we've been working on that for several years. And Nate, as a whole has been doing that as well. And if this doesn't really fit into the traditional two-year college degree or four-year college degree, give the listeners a sense of what kind of numbers we're talking about when it when we hear about how long does it take to get your foot in the door with training, you know, how long does it take to, you know, be fully fledged climber that can deal with multiple projects. I mean, if it's not two years, what is it? Um, in our experience with our company, uh, we really look at somebody being at about a year, really being. Uh, available and capable of handling almost any situation out on the field. Um, so we we do a focus and we um, do an evaluation, you know, three or four times to see where we're at when things we haven't checked off on the list, and then getting them out in the field and creating a situation, even if it's not something that we're working on a job currently, to make sure that we've checked all those things off and we've gotten that all in. So it's being very thorough with making sure that all all of the checklist is checked. And this is obviously personal for you because Correct. of the safety issue. So, you know, when you're dealing with teaching them how to deploy infrastructure or climb a tower, a large portion of the training and workforce development is purely safety oriented. It is. We send our employees out for as many safety um, skill sets, um, training certificates as there is across and the board. Anything that we can get a hold of, we, we have every certificate in their wallet. Yep. And if you could, you know, wave a magic wand and try to tackle some of these challenges, whether it's funding, whether it's education, I mean, what sorts of things would you like to see happen at all levels of government or in the private sector? If there are things you, the companies could be doing better, you know, if you were kind of in the driver's seat, you could just snap your fingers, what would you do? I would. I, the number one thing that we see is, um, you know, we see other tower climbers um, on sites when we go out who have taken a two-hour course and think they're certified in you know, they have a certificate, they think they're certified to be a tower climber, and creating um, unsafe situations for the next tower climbers who come up behind them. So having a standardized uh, training, which um, would involve um, an essential amount of time, and one day isn't going to cut it, two weeks isn't going to cut it, uh, a couple of months maybe even isn't going to cut it, but having a checklist where we check everything off to make sure that the person that was there before you hung something safely so that we can follow up behind and work on that work on that item. And I definitely think that's um, something that we're working through mm -hmm. as an industry and we want to be part of that solution. So we see it from the carriers on down to the individual contractors and it needs to be that um, self-vetting and audits to make sure that they are qualified and skilled people out there in the field 
to keep safe because ultimately at the end of the day, we want people to go home safely. And I'm a safety professional. That is what I do. I live and breathe health and safety. And so it's very important that there is that enforcement and that self-policing as a group that we come together. And we've really, I've seen a, a huge change in that probably over the past six or seven years since NWSA was formed. And we're starting to work together to uh, accomplish some of these goals and make our industry safer. Tower workers are at the heart of so much innovation and communications deployment in this country. We've got Internet of Things on the horizon, 5G, you know, next generation TV, ATSC 3.0. I'll ask each of you the same question. What excites you most being in this industry about the next year, five, ten years of technology uh, development in this space? Well, from a personal standpoint, um, having had some medical issues in the past, um, I would say medical applications is something that I'm most excited about, being able to coordinate information, being able to send real-time information, um, being able to not be you know, redundant. Um, the cross-check will already be there. So for myself personally, uh, I would say the medical applications of the next few years are going to be exciting. And the FCC is also very focused on telemedicine, so yeah. uh, we have that in common. Yes, and I serve on some rural hospital board as well, and, and so that's exciting. But I think it's just the variety and the opportunities, things that we don't even think about at this point are going to be developed. And so that's an ever-changing industry, and there's so much variety, which I think is exciting. I think it gives us um, a lot of choices and a lot of different directions. But with that becomes that education and that continuum of how do we train our employees to keep up with all the current um changes and then what is being evolved in the future. So let's say I have a hypothetical listener right now, young woman, not necessarily sure that she wants to go into a traditional career path, not sure if she wants to go the four-year route, likes technology, um, but maybe see some challenges, whether it's all the things we've mentioned. What's your message for her? You can do it. Just um, get a hold of women of Nate or Nate, they can lead you in the directions of companies that are safe and that are quality and that will ensure that you have the knowledge to do your job. There's a lot of opportunity out there and we, we have a lot of open positions that we need to fill. So if you're remotely interested, get on and learn about um, the climber video connection that we have where we have videos that kind of show you what we do and that's all in the natehome.org homepage? Um, I would say that the possibilities are endless there. Uh, reaching out to the Nate website and, and looking for, there are company openings everywhere and um, trying it out, uh, I think there would be a lot of surprise in um, skill sets that you already have that would apply to the tower industry right now and you would fit right in with some training so anyone can can do this with the right amount of training and propensity for um, you know certain engineering or um, electrical mechanical um, aptitudes and and a lot of these things can be taught if you have those aptitudes any final thoughts for the listeners anything we didn't cover i would just say it's a really exciting time not only in our industry but for women in general, um, you know, we are getting um, an opportunity to have more of a voice in everything that we do every single day. And this industry is, you know, as we are, you know, in the ground up uh, with women being in it in the smaller numbers, we have a chance to create our own destiny with that. And there's a very few things you can do that, do with that right now, you know, where you can start in something and, and help create 
uh, the model, and this is it. And as we say, we are one, women of Nate, and we can help each other rise, we can help our industry rise, and we can continue to build within uh, the industry itself and continue to empower other women and bring each other in. NateHome.com is a great place to find out all about what we do and who we are, and our information for one is there as well. Well, like you said, it is a very exciting time. Um, a lot of conversations now in this country, not just in the context of tower climbing, but in other industries about workforce development, having a workforce that is skilled, that is ready for the 21st century jobs that are going to be needed. So I doubt this will be the last time we talk about it on the FCC podcast. But I really appreciate you guys coming in, sharing your personal story and talking about um, what needs to get done for the workforce and just providing your unique perspective on these issues. So with that, my guests have been Andy Lee of Lee Antenna and Line Service and Chairwoman of Women of Nate, and Miranda Allen of Radio Frequency Safety International and a member of the Women of Nate Committee. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you Thanks for, for having us. us. Find this podcast in the iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review because it will help others find the show. If you have ideas on things you'd like to hear on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Evan S underscore FCC. Thanks for listening. Thank you.